0: Hey, everybody. This is the show where we are incredibly inspired by the love and change that local nonprofits bring to their communities. And we believe the speakers and nonprofit professionals deserve the chance to share their stories, collaborate, and network with their communities and sector. So, without further ado, you're listening to Nonprofit Connect, a podcast by Rogue Creatives hosted by me, Matt Barnes. Let's go. Welcome to Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes, and this is our first episode ever. I'm so excited that we've been talking about doing this for a very long time. We've been working very hard on it for several months now, trying to get it all together. And really, the whole purpose of it, if you don't know, is just connecting people in the nonprofit world so that we can learn from each other and grow and in the end, help more people, right? That's always the goal. We want to make the world an even better place than it already is and sometimes it's not that great. So we want to make the world a better place. Today, our guest is a person who is really all about exactly that. In fact, she has helped us come up with these ideas for Nonprofit Connect and put together the live events that we're doing. She is a professional fundraiser with over 20 years of experience working with quite a few nonprofit organizations and raising millions of dollars to support those in need. She is the new chief executive officer at Uplift Yoga Foundation, which is on a mission to provide preventative mental health care for youth through peer connection, movement, and mindfulness. And she's also, this is my favorite title maybe ever, she is the founder and chief do-gooder at Do-Gooder Partners, a consulting organization she formed to help companies create effective corporate social responsibility strategies, which is quite a mouthful, but it's really awesome. Prior to what she's doing now, she's worked at CASA, she's worked at Ronald McDonald House, the Child Abuse Prevention Center, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, just to name a few. She's got so much experience and so much wisdom to share. Her name is Susan Wright Kenny, and she's just an amazing person. I'm so excited that she's here today. We're going to be talking about burnout in nonprofits, both at the executive level, but also with staff and volunteers and how to avoid that and how to keep the passion for, for what you're doing and taking care of yourself in that process. So we'll be back right after this message with Susan Kenny. Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is brought to you by Rogue Creatives. Did you know that your brand has a personality all of its own? Well, it does. Or it should. But maybe it doesn't. How do you know if it does? Here's what you do. Ask yourself, does the way you describe your organization match the way you describe your branding? Because it really needs to. Why? Because people don't connect with organizations. They just don't. They don't feel connected to them. They, They feel connected to characters. They feel connected to personality. So it's super important that your brand has a personality that connects with the right people to bring them into your story. And that's what Rogue Creatives is all about. We've developed our very own process called the Strategic Storytelling Framework to define your brand personality and create a brand foundation that will make sure your organization has that main character energy that connects with others and pulls them right into your story. And by the way, it works, and we got the receipts. Our nonprofit clients have seen incredible increases in giving that have allowed them to help even more people and make the world a better place. Get started today by visiting roguecreatives.com NPC. That's NPC for nonprofit connect. You can schedule a free brand consultation and take our free online brand character quiz. And we all know that everybody loves a good online quiz, especially when it's free. So get over there and do that, because it's it, why not? Why wouldn't you? You love it. It's going to be fun. That's RogueCreatives.com slash NPC to begin defining your brand character today. There's no commitment or risk for you at all. And honestly, we just can't wait to meet you. We kind of think we could be good friends. I think we could hang out. You could buy us lunch. We can help you with your branding and talk about the shows we're binging or whatever. It'd be nice. Rogue Creatives. Seriously. Creative storytelling. All right. On with the show. Well, I am here today with the one and only Susan Kenny.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're here for our first episode ever. Woo. So we're going to start this podcast the way we start all of our podcasts, and I've always started all of our podcasts in every episode we've ever done, this being our first one, with three random questions. Okay, we have a whole list of random questions. They like were very just random topics, and then we randomly choose three of those. It's next level random.
1: I love random.
0: And now I'm kind of hating the word random because I'm saying it too much. Okay, here we go. Question number one. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: Oh, my goodness. This might be a commercial because I just (laughs) left Breakfast Republic and they've never been there before. And I was trying to find a place close to here because I knew that I had a breakfast meeting and the menu is was so big. It's it's like Cheesecake Factory. Like I yeah. don't go to Cheesecake Factory even though it's Too amazing. Many Too many choices and so I had their breakfast Sammy. Okay. And then I had that house potatoes that comes with it. Yeah. And then I grabbed the hot sauce on the table. I do love hot sauce. And I thought it would be one of those shakers. Yeah. And I opened it up and poured it and it just went everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, but it was yummy.
0: I, they have a French toast called the Mr. Presley.
1: Yes, with the peanut butter and bananas. See, that's the thing.
0: Now I, I want to just hit stop and go. I know.
1: <laughs> everything, and that's what I said to my breakfast date. I said, everything is so much. It's like they so much. They put lots and lots of things on everything. And so.
0: Question number two. The TV show that takes you to your happy place.
1: Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I started to think when I was a kid what that was. But Ted Lasso, if I'm in a bad mood, I just go watch it. Third season's happening right now. And I have to. I try to live in the moment, but every episode when it ends, I'm like, oh, no, it's ending. (laughs) Oh, no, it's ending. So it's beautiful.
0: There were two episodes this season in a row that I thought were maybe the best episodes so far. I I just I've loved. They're such a great story. It's such
1: a good show. And just positive. Yes. I love
0: it. Okay, last question. If you could wake up anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would you wake up?
1: Well, I know this is going to sound silly in my bed. Because I have everything that I need in this world. My beautiful boys, my beautiful boyfriend. I mean, I love to travel, but right now everybody's under one roof. I love it. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) That's a good place to be in life, right? Yeah. Man. Okay. Well, Susan, you've been a professional fundraiser and doing work through the Do-Gooder Partners and then also now the chief executive officer at Uplift Yoga Foundation. I mean, you've done so much in the nonprofit world and you have been instrumental in helping us start Nonprofit Connect. What was it about when I came to you, when we started talking and talking about Nonprofit Connect, what was it about it that resonated with you?
1: Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity because I love, love, love to talk about doing good. And about, what was it, five years ago? A girlfriend of mine who is a nonprofit recruiter invited a bunch of nonprofit professionals to go see the Chalk Follies. We went out to dinner and then we went to the show and I got to meet several nonprofit leaders that I had never met before. And I was like, this is fun. Like, you guys are cool. Like, let's try to keep doing this like once a month so we can get together. And, you know, we used to call it wine and wine uh, where (laughs) we would get together monthly and just sort of, you know, talk about what's going on in the nonprofit world, you know. Because we are all doing the same work, but in a different capacity. Sure. We're all doing good work. And that went on until COVID. We'd meet monthly and we just kept inviting more and more people and it was fun. And then COVID happened and we weren't meeting anymore. And then I believe I reached out to you because I wanted to introduce you to a nonprofit client that I was working with with Do Gooder Partners. And you said, yeah, I really want to start this. And I'm like, heck, yeah. Like, this is exactly what I loved when we were doing it before. And so I've said this before and I'll say it again. We are all doing the same work and just in a different way. And here in Orange County, like I've worked for national organizations, international organizations, and then obviously just local organizations. But there are so many people who want to do good but they've got to be inspired by what they're doing. Sure. And so, if they meet me and they say, "Oh, yeah, you know, I appreciate what you're you're doing. I, I've worked for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I right. worked for Ronald McDonald House. I've worked for Casa, and now now working with Uplift Yoga Foundation." They may say, "You know, that's all well and good, but I'm inspired by pets, sure. or I'm inspired by the environment." And if I just said, okay, bye, and walked away, like, that's not serving anybody. right? So I find it, like, again, getting together and knowing my peers, the work that they're doing, that I could then say, hey, Matt, well, let me introduce you, you know, to Hallie over at Laguna Canyon Foundation. She's doing amazing environmental work. So that that ripple is still happening, that good is still happening. And, you know, it may not be serving me or my organization because we're not, you know, getting a partner, but it is serving me because all I want to do is just make the world a better place. And if I can find where it fits best for you or whomever, that's what I want to do. That's awesome. So, yeah, thank you for starting this beautiful group.
0: Well, you know, for me, it's so much of exactly that. And I think I just know we're stronger together. And, you know, we at Rogue Creatives, we work with so many nonprofits and realizing how little they communicate with each other. They're kind of in their own and in some cases feel like they're competing with each other. I
1: don't like that. Yeah, which that's Which is so true.
0: dumb to me, <laughs> you know. And I'm going, no, there's opportunities here for you guys to learn. Because I hear them talking about, oh, we're, de- we're struggling with this. or and, and I go, well, I got this other client who they're killing it in that. Yeah. And I've done some just connecting with people. But I just thought let's just create something where we can do that regularly and people can learn. And And even, you know, at our live event that we did uh, a couple weeks ago, just watching afterwards as everybody's sharing and giving ideas. And even through this podcast, if we can share some of our learnings and our growing and, and all of that, we can help spread that and yeah, let people be more effective at what they do, which means helping more people.
1: 100 percent, because I don't get me wrong, but over 20 years ago when I started in the nonprofit space, I, I came in as a salesperson. I That's what I had been doing was just sales. Yeah. However, I've been volunteering. And so it was in my heart to find a nonprofit to work for. But I was ultra competitive. And I was <laughs> le- even with the other offices yeah. within the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Like I started in Long Beach, which we supported the Southeast Los Angeles County area, but we had an office in LA and Santa Barbara and Orange County. And and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to raise more money than them." And <laughs> and then, as I started getting, you know, becoming more of a nonprofit professional than a salesperson, sure. I got it. You know, yeah. I'm like, "Oh gosh, I have to help them." Yeah. If I meet somebody who's in the Inland Empire and they can only give in the Inland Empire, you you betcha, I'm going to call that office and say, "Hey, right. here's an introduction," rather than letting it. Die because then nothing gets done, you know. So, I am all in and wanting to help
0: totally. Why do you think it's so challenging for nonprofits to connect with each other, to learn from each other, and all that?
1: Well, because we are taught that there is only so much money out there, you know, and that you better get those dollars or they're going to give it to somebody else, right? And then you're not going to be able to do your programming, yeah. But that's silly.
0: When you were here last time we talked and you were saying you were talking about how so many people come from a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing is that nonprofits are held to this really interesting standard that if you're not, you know, giving back, you know, 95 percent of your dollars or, you know, if you have any administrative costs, then you are worthless. It's insane. I think Red Cross has this incredibly high rating on Charity Navigator because, you know, it's like 99% goes to programming, which is incredible. But then you have these smaller organizations that are doing really, really incredible work, and they have maybe, I don't know, 25% administrative costs, and the old way of thinking is like, nope. We can't give to them because they're spending too much administratively. But it's like, well, what if you gave to them so they didn't have to have such a difference in, you know, their programming versus their administrative?
0: Well, or what I find a lot is, especially with small nonprofits, that mindset is so there that the people who, which this will go into our topic for today, but the people who are running them are not taking care of themselves. Nope. So, a nonprofit that I've worked with for a while, a friend of mine is the executive director, and, I mean, she barely takes anything. She's living, you know...
1: In poverty, probably. In poverty, yep.
0: basically, because she feels like, I've got to put all the money that comes in toward the programs. And... I've been helping her to realize they're hitting a ceiling because of that. She needs to take care of herself so that she can give. And this mindset of that is just so backwards. I, I've, my sister did some work with UNICEF Next Gen, and we used to go to their masquerade gala every year because she was on the board. And they clearly were spending at least half a million dollars on this thing, at least. And a lot of people would probably look at that and go like, what, that, that's just crazy. That's an insane waste of money. But they brought in, I don't even know, like so much.
1: Millions and millions. Millions and millions. Now.
0: And so for them, it's like, yeah, we spend, maybe they spend 50% or 40% on administrative and all these, you know, fundraising and all this kind of stuff. Their per dollar going to a kid or going to a cause is a, is going to be less than this other nonprofit but they're bringing in so much more that they're giving way more. <laughs> you know, they're actually able to do way because they're they're looking at it that way and running it like a business honestly.
1: Well, see, that's the thing we were talking about the other night is that again, this sort of shift in thinking that nonprofits have to do without yeah. because it is solving a social situation or or some sort of crisis, if yeah. you will, and they are expected to solve it without the staff right. or without working computers or without a safe office space to go to. And these are incredibly important yeah. things that need to be solved. And when you can't get the best minds working on it, yeah. I mean, don't, I'm not saying that the best minds aren't working on them right now, but you can't keep staff because we're creating more poverty right? because we can't even pay them the cost of living it's because we're... A, Insanity.
0: Because we're afraid to ask donors for money for that purpose.
1: 100%. And like, that's ridiculous. new savvy donors now get it. Yeah. In fact, there's this beautiful, beautiful family foundation out there, but they do their due diligence to research the work, what's happening. They mm-hmm. research the organization. Is it healthy? Staff, what's happening? And then they write a check for your operations and say, do what you want with wow. it. We trust you. Yeah. We trust that this is a mission that is important, that the work that you're doing is important. The people that are doing it are are good people. Yep. And now go. Yeah. And there's no reporting back. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There should be checks and balances. Of course. But these 10-page reports that you've got to give back, that you've got to hire a person to do just to to complete it, you're defeating the purpose. Yeah. Or they just don't apply for the grants because it's too hard to, to track it and to give all of the feedback and all of the data and that sort of thing. Like I said, I've been doing this professionally for over 20 years, but personally, you know, I was fundraising prior and volunteering prior to that. I have to put my blinders on sometimes because it can just be so devastating to say, what is wrong? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, we can solve this. We've got the tools. We've got the people. Like, just give us the money or yeah. give us the freedom, you know, to do yeah. what we need to do.
0: Well, I think that that perfectly all leads into the topic I want to get into today, which is what we talked about at our live event. And you, it's kind of perfect because you moderated this a panel, which we're going to be putting up as a bonus episode. But we didn't actually get to hear from you that much because you were moderating the panel. We talked about burnout in nonprofits. And, you know, I mean, burnout, I think, in our society in general is a big topic that needs to be addressed more. We've got this go, 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 like, you know, everything's about the hustle and, and all of that. But in nonprofits, even more so because you get these people who are so passionate about what they do and you push them to the end and you don't give them the resources that, that they have. Let's start from the beginning. Like, how would you even define burnout? What does it look like for you?
1: Well, I didn't know what burnout meant. I too was raised in the environment where you you go to school when you're sick. Don't be a sissy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: suck it up. And you get suck to work. it up. Get
1: <laughs> to work. My mother, she was the gold standard. That's how I got into this business. She was a volunteer and you know donated her time with schools and with our church, and she was very generous with her donations, sat on boards, and so. I was like, "That's cool. I love that. That's yeah. what I want to do with my my life." And she was always happy, and and that's just sort of the, I guess, characteristics that I took on. So when I started working in the nonprofit space, like I said, I was a salesperson, so I was like just super competitive, but yet I liked to make it fun, and yeah. and so I just had I don't know maybe that Energizer Bunny <laughs> mentality or energy or whatever it was to sure. just keep going. But then I realized I'd, I'd have these team members come to me and they'd say, "Oh, I'm overwhelmed," and I'd be like, "Overwhelmed? Like, what do you mean you're overwhelmed? Like yep. this is this is incredibly important work, and we're having fun, and let's go, 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 go." And and so it didn't even dawn on me until I guess COVID happened that I was a horrible boss. Oh. Like I was a, <laughs> I was so toxic in regards to my toxic positivity that I didn't really think about. This is hard work. Yeah, and a lot of people come to the nonprofit space because they have experienced something yeah. that they never want to happen to anybody else. Sure, and so maybe they're carrying a little bit of like trauma, little t, big t, whichever one. But yeah. but they probably need a little bit more support than the average person because they're being they're identifying with the clients that they serve, or or they're now being triggered by some of the work that they're doing and. Anyway, COVID happened, and I was home like everybody else. I was still working for CASA at the time, uh, which supports foster youth, getting them advocates and mentors to navigate their foster care system. And I was home with my boys, my two teenage boys. I had a different experience than a lot of people had had, but I was stoked. Yeah. I was scared. Because I didn't know what was going on. But I was stoked because when in the world is a mom going to get to spend time with two teenage boys for an entire year? <laughs> they were locked in the house with me. And it was amazing because they got closer and we, you know, just spent yeah. all this time. And and then when the world started opening up again and they had to go back to school and I had to go back to my life, Yeah, I was like, I don't want to put on high heels anymore and a dress and go— talk to random strangers about what I'm doing. And it was so nice to just be. Yeah, I mean, I was still working, but it wasn't to the level of what I had done before. Like, again, my Energizer Bunny mentality. I was like, networking at this event, going to lunch at this event, and, and honoring somebody at this event. And I was just go, 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 go. So when I got the opportunity to actually slow down, I was like, wow. That's really lovely. <laughs> that's, that's nothing I've ever experienced before. Yeah, and so it got harder and harder when I started going out into the real world again. And I was like, "Oh, I'm uncomfortable at this networking event. I don't know how to speak to anybody anymore. I don't. <laughs> I don't really know what to do here." And so that was the burnout that I, I identified. You yeah. know,
0: for each of us, I think it looks a little different, but I also think. One of the things that I've noticed, both for myself and for employees that have worked for me, both in nonprofit and for-profit kind of areas, is a lot of times we don't even realize we're burned out until it's too late, you know, until we're burned out, you know.
1: And that's what happened, Matt. Like, I didn't realize. And then I quit my job at Casa. I didn't really have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I had the support of my loved ones to say, hey, look, we'll help you, whatever it is that you need support with to help you get going. But I quit my job. And while I was scared, I was relieved. Yeah. And it was the weirdest feeling because I've been pretty much working since I was 11 years old. Like, I mean, like babysitting. I don't know who the heck decided it was okay to give me a babysitting job at 11, but I...
0: (laughs) The standards used to be a little different. (laughs)
1: Exactly. But it was scary and so amazing. Yeah. I started Do Gooder Partners helping nonprofits create their fundraising plans and also companies to create their social impact plans, corporate social responsibility plans, and... And while I had clients, I didn't have a lot of clients. So I spent about a year and a half healing, if you will. Yeah, Like I got back into yoga and it was amazing. I was taking walks every single day. Yeah. I was being with my boys. I mean, yeah. I'm never, I mean, COVID I was, but I was never home when they got home from school every yeah. day. And teenagers I have identified need you more than toddlers do really. Because you know, <laughs> make sure that we're all
0: whether they say they do yeah, or not. <laughs> we're all staying out of trouble.
1: So I started this business and it felt great. Yeah. Because I was doing it on my terms. So I got to heal. Yeah. Through that whole process where it was just like, I just need to take a break.
0: I know you're you're fairly new to uplift yoga. Mm-hmm. It's funny to think of a nonprofit that's about yoga and mindfulness dealing with burnout <laughs> because you would you would think, okay, that's built in, but it's not. I that's
1: mean. the thing. It's that I was like never going back to nonprofit. Yeah. Like I am a business owner now. A lot of ego involved in that where it was just like I'm a business owner. Like
0: <laughs> I uh, I don't need to do that
1: stuff anymore. But I started volunteering. Well, actually – I met with the founder of the organization, and I thought she was going to hire me as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And we hit it off. It was amazing, like-minded. You know, I had been practicing my mindfulness, which was a part of this healing journey, you know, being active, movement, all of that sort of thing. And then she said, oh, my gosh, you get it will you join my board? And I was like, oh, you little crafty, <laughs> little minx, you. And so I started volunteering with this organization for about six months. Oh, then it from, will you be on our board? It went to, will you be our very first chief executive officer? And I was like, no, 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 I don't do that.
0: I own a <laughs> business,
1: I don't do that. But I will help you find... Your first CEO. I will help you hire. I've got a recruiting background, HR background. So yes, um, went through the entire process for months and months and months. Sure. Found the perfect candidate for them, and felt so. It felt so aligned. It felt so great. Like yes, this is amazing. And then the day that she was supposed to meet with the rest of the team to sort of finalize this, she reached out and said she found another job, and I was at peace with it. Like yeah. in the past, I would have been like, "Oh my gosh, she wasted our time! How dare she do this?" But there was this peace about yeah. it, and so anyway, I found out about it in the morning, and then i I was at yoga in the <laughs> sauna, doing all the things for me that I know I need to do, and then I went home and I walked in my front door, and I just was overwhelmed with emotion, and said, "I have to take this job." Yeah, and so I did. And it was an ego thing I had to go through, like, what will people think that I couldn't make it work? They couldn't yeah. make my business work? Like, oh, my God, yeah, she's she's not that great. <laughs> but then I was like, I don't really care. I this is This is exactly aligned with what I have been trying to accomplish. So Uplift Yoga Foundation mm-hmm. supports teens in their mental health journey through movement, mindfulness, and pure connection. Okay. So I have a beautifully blessed life. I would not change anything for anything. However, if I had these amazing tools when I was a teenager, things would have just been a little bit easier down the road. So what we do is we bring teens together. We create this connected group of teens because a lot of our teens don't understand that there are lots and lots of people going through what they're going through. You know, Mm -hmm. we're so self-centered when we're, teenagers or or kids, we just assume it's only me happening to me. So we bring them together in our programs so that they can talk about what's going on. We give them the tools, you know, to move their bodies through yoga, through dance. We give them meditations so that they can really sort of get inside their own body. Yeah. We tell them and teach them that that inner critic is not the person that they should be listening to, Yeah, that they should be listening to their inner BFF, if you will. Yeah. That, that kind soft voice is the one that you should be listening to, not the one that's telling you that sure. you're dumb or you're stupid or you're ugly or whatever it is. Yeah. And then we give them journaling prompts and then the discussion part of it. And it's this beautiful collective community that they then know that they can rely on each other and reach out to each other when something's going on. Then the teens came to us and said, hey, we want to teach the classes. Like, it's cool that you've got an adult here kind of facilitating and and moving us and that sort of thing. But it'd be really wonderful if we were the ones that were teaching it. So now we offer a 200-hour teen Yoga certification class. Oh, cool. So the kids can learn. And then also, we teach them how to facilitate these group discussions. So now it's peer led classes, which takes it to even a next level of healing with these yeah. kids. So we're doing school programming now. So, we are working with several different schools, middle schools and high schools right now, where we're bringing it to the schools. And we're either in a PE class or we're in an after-school program, but it's working. I mean, we had the football coach of this local high school say, I wish you guys could come every single day. Like, it's working for our kids. And then we're also working with a test preparation company. But I think I needed that break, you know, from the burnout And then to take all of these tools that I have been doing, which is meditation and yoga and working with some holistic healers and and being in nature to then land with this organization that is saying, hey, this is health.
0: And to give teenagers those tools Mm -hmm. now so that they have them and they can maybe avoid the burnout you experience when they get older because they are more in touch with their feelings and thoughts and the voices and, you know, I mean, I, don't we all, you know, as adults still struggle with that voice in your head that you, but if I had learned to tune that out yeah. and to focus on, you know, the positive voices, because they, for me, they've, they've definitely both always been there. They're
1: and not going anywhere.
0: It's the louder one that wins. And there was always that part of me that's like, no, I can do this. And then this other part of me that's like, which is usually the voices of other people in my head that, whether they exist or not, are going, no, you can't.
1: Well, see, so <laughs> a lot of the readings that I've been doing and the conversations that I've been having is that's your ego and your ego is put in place to protect you. Sure. So, of course, you're going to default to no, I can't because the ego thinks, oh, I'm going to save him or her from heartache yeah, or or fear or, or something or, or whatever, embarrassment, yeah. whatever it is.
0: Right. Well, and and that's the thing is like so for me, like in my forties now, I'm starting to do the things. I mean, like this, and 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 my businesses and all. I'm doing the things that I love, and I'm just like, ah, I'm going for it. Let's do it.
1: Let's do what but, lights us up.
0: But there's so much of me that's like, man, what if I had done that in my twenties? What if I had, you know, what would I be? What could I have accomplished by now? And I don't live in the past. I'm not. I don't sit around regretting and that kind of thing. But but there's just that question of that curiosity of like, man, and like you, like if I can help younger people get there faster.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what Uplift is. But I'm just saying the stress that our kids have right now, and we at Uplift are giving them the tools to self-regulate, to take a breath. I often still find myself sitting there going, why am I breathing right now? What's happening? But to get up and move around, to get up and actually call a friend because they have that peer connection, right? and say, hey, let's talk this through or get out their journal, and start journaling something just to get it out of your head. Ignore that inner critic. Listen to the loving voice inside of you. When I was describing this to a friend, what uplift is, and, and, and should I take this job or should I not take this job? And she goes, Susan, this is world peace. Like, if we are giving our young people the tools to not be angry, to not self-isolate, to yeah. not commit suicide, like, This is, and we all have, all of us have it at our fingertips, you know, like we're not saying don't take medication if there are some people who do need to have some medication. But this, these tools, we have teens that have gotten off of their medication yeah, because all they needed to do was just to, you know, learn how to self-regulate.
0: Yeah. So what you're doing for the teens, how do we take that? Maybe it's not specifically yoga, but the mindfulness to avoid the burnout of life. How do we take that to our staff? How do we as managers, bosses, whatever, empower our teams, make sure that they're not burning out?
1: That's a good question. I just think that it starts with the leadership. You know, it starts with the board that they recognize that while this is incredibly important work, That we have to identify. These are people who are doing this incredibly important work and they need a life, you know, but it starts with the leadership identifying that they need to listen to their employees, ask them what they need, ask them what's going on, check in and then give them, you know, give them their birthday off. You know, give them their anniversary date off. You know, don't let them work on those days. Don't send them emails at eight o'clock at night where they feel like they've got to answer you right away. You know, make it a priority to think about your staff as people like that actively need to be healing while they're not at work, you know?
0: It's a shift of mindset from thinking that, your greatest resources are finances or, I don't know, materials or whatever it is to that your greatest resources are your people because the other things won't come without those. You know what I mean? You're not gonna be raising money. You're not gonna be helping people without the people and they're not dispensable. We have to take care of them. And there's so much of that mindset of that's missing that I think it's so, so focused on, we've got to raise more money or we've got to figure this out. And the, the stress of all of that, that, It's not a I got to take care of these people so that we can accomplish these goals.
1: Well, in the nonprofit space, too, a lot of it is relationships. Yes. And any sales job, if you will. But, you know, I'm speaking from the nonprofit space right now that you want to give to people that you like. Yeah. Right. So when the nonprofit space burns out their employees and then they jump to another nonprofit, that relationship then is like severed and you're never going to solve your problem if you keep starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping because, you know, you got to hire a new development person or you got to hire a new supervisor for your your clients. And it takes time to get to know that person. And maybe your donor doesn't like that person. You know what I mean? So taking care of the people that are there. Yeah paying them a living wage, giving them the opportunity to have a life outside of work and just making it fun. Like, that's the part. This is heavy work. yeah. And if you're not creating some sort of fun within that, people are going to burn out quicker than even if you don't pay them.
0: Yeah, well, even like nonprofits that I've worked for before where I'm sitting there and I go, gosh, my boss or the higher-ups or whatever, they care more about the people we're helping than they care about me. 100%. They care about them, but they don't care about me. So why should I, like, it's you get in this weird place where I'm like, but I care about them. So I still do like to do the work, but I'm feeling like crap about myself and I don't feel like I'm appreciated. And, and I feel like if I leave, they're just going, well, we'll just get as much out of you as we can and then push you off and then bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I look back and some of them, I'm like, honestly, if they had cared about me as much as, the people we were serving, I might still be there today. I might never have left because I was passionate about it. And instead of going, wow, we got this passionate person, we want to pour into this person, we want to develop so that we can reach our end goal.
1: I just think that that is the mindset of not just nonprofits, but businesses too. Unfortunately, I have a buddy who owns a business and he started five hour days. Oh, okay, That's it. He, He piloted it and he just said, hey, we're here at eight. We leave it. I don't know, two? Let me yeah. do the math there. Yeah. That that wasn't right. But anyway. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Or maybe it's six hours now that I'm saying eight to two. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it was a shortened work day. Mm. And everybody knew you are there to work. And then you don't miss work because you got a doctor's appointment or you don't miss work because you got to go to the baseball game. You or plan
0: you those for that time. You plan time. It yeah.
1: after after work. Yeah. Because, you you know, and you cram it all in and their sales are up. I think they're in year four
0: People are so afraid to try these kind of things. I know that's the thing. <laughs> give it a go. Just yeah. give it a go. Yeah. Like, if not, it doesn't work, yeah. you can always go back.
1: Exactly. You can but,
0: and, and let, say this is we're trying this and we'll see. So you can set that that precedent up front. But I guarantee you, you'll see, you'll stick with it.
1: One hundred percent. And people will go, oh, I want to go work there. Yes. You're it's your own recruiting tool, yes. right? Yes. Like when I was at Casa, we were closed between Christmas and New Year because that's when the courts were closed. Yeah. And so. I'd never worked for a company that was closed like that before. And I was like, this is amazing, yeah. you know, but it, it just those little things. Yeah.
0: Uh, we do that. I give everybody Christmas, between Christmas and New Year all, I, I every love, year.
1: I love it. Yeah. and Because who's really working? No. I know. So I just let's collectively, everybody yes. listening and you <laughs> and I decide one thing that we can do that will ease the burden yes. of the people around us. I love
0: that. All right, we have closing questions. These are rapid fire. So quick questions, quick answers. What is the one thing that makes you feel most connected? Yoga. Nice. How do you connect to your community?
1: Being kind.
0: I like that. Who in the world of nonprofits would you most like to take to lunch? Melinda. Yeah. Melinda Gates. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or Michelle Obama.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be a good one too. Together. We'll together. Do it together, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no rules. <laughs> Who in the world of nonprofit communities do you think we should interview next?
1: Matthew Wadlinger.
0: Oh, he's on our list. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. Okay, then he's let come. me give you another one. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, okay. That's good. Who do you look up to or inspires you in the world of nonprofits?
1: All of my peers, really. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but honestly, I, I learn something from everybody, whether it be something positive or something maybe not so positive, but it, I'm yeah. always growing from everybody around me.
0: Great answer. And what aspect of your job brings you the most joy?
1: As a mom of teens, the work that we do is so important. They're under so much pressure and there is light, you know, out there for them. And so I just want to get our work into as many hands as possible because these kids need it. And it really is just going to create world peace. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Susan Kenny, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. If people want to connect with you,
1: what's the best way to do that? Susan at UpliftYoga.org. Our website is UpliftYoga.org, obviously. We have a YouTube channel that you can go to, Uplift Yoga Foundation. There's meditations on there. There's yoga on there. There's the teens speaking about the amazing experiences that they have had. And I'm on LinkedIn, Susan wright Kenny.
0: Awesome. And we actually, at our live event, we did one of the YouTube
1: meditations
0: led by a teen from Uplift Yoga Foundation. And it was amazing. Everybody loved it.
1: She's incredible.
0: So check that out.
1: I promise you'll love it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Susan. Thank
1: you. Yay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, there you have it. This episode of Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes, brought to you by Rogue Creatives, is over. It's done. Finished. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? You're going to take the dog for a walk, maybe have some dinner. Before you do any of those things, could you do us a massive favor and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever else you listen to us? Obviously, you don't have to, but, you know, it would be very, very appreciated. Oh, and if you want to hear more from us, visit our website at npconnect.roguecreatives.com. That's npconnect, like nonprofit connect, We'll see you soon. Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is hosted and executive produced by me, Matt Barnes. Production is by our amazing friends over at Fame, the B2B podcast agency, along with the team at Rogue Creatives. Production lead is Ella Lamprell of Fame. Writing is by Sam Hollis at Fame and Matt Barnes and Taylor Balanos from Rogue Creatives. Namanja Koljaja of Fame is our audio editor and Arslan Yakub from Fame is our video editor. Creative Direction is by Corey Hill of Rogue. Our artwork is designed by Hope O'Kelly and Joshua Marino at Rogue and Ian Salas of Fame. Theme music is composed and performed by Jared Atherton of Chapters. LLM Amprello of Fame does our booking and guest relations. And Belinda Carter Thompson of Rogue is the glue that holds it all together. We'd love to give a shout out to our amazing guests for joining us this episode. And thank all of you incredible listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to help us spread some good by giving us a good review. Preferably, you know, five stars with some words saying how amazing we are. That's always helpful. Also tell your friends and subscribe so we can come straight into your potholes each and every time we have a new episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye. This has been a Rogue Creatives production.